Hello and welcome to The Donfather, a family podcast about the Eston Football Club. And what a magnificent Monday it always is when your team has taken the arch rivals and destroyed them the day before. Nicky? Yeah, it is It is always good when that happens. Destroying the, you know, uh, what is it, pee and, poo and wee colours. Poo and oh. wee. Yeah, just easy dubs. We just, yeah, winning's easy, you know. We're a new club, easy. just new team, just life's good. It was an ugly game, let's be honest. The, definitely that first half. That first half was, was pretty deplorable. Oh, we are. Yeah, it was a pretty scrappy uh Poor performance. We looked really rusty, didn't we, from from the week off? Yeah, yeah, we looked rusty. We didn't we didn't look fatigued, which is good. We just looked rusty. The skills just looked a bit off. So mm, that's it right. Look, it was fixable. It wasn't worrying. It didn't look like we were out of steam. It was just fumbly, missed kicks, bad decision making, things you could mm. easily fix up. That's right. That's right. But but Nikki, we don't want to jump straight into to footy talk. That's right. We are uh, the listeners out there. They like a little bit of banter before we jump straight into the game. So I've got a really good joke for you. Are you ready? Uh, yep. Okay. Okay. Wait for it. Carlton Football Club. <laughs> <laughs> you get it? Because their whole football club's a joke. <laughs> Yeah, 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 they suck. Yeah. <laughs> they are. Oh, man. It so makes me so happy. They're so rubbish. They are. They are. Yeah. They're terrible. Um, Teague surely doesn't survive the season. Um, yeah, I can't see him surviving. Yeah, unless uh, they win, like, the, the rest of... They won't make finals, no matter how hard they try. No. Unless they win... And lose honourably and then win the majority of the, the remaining games. Um, yeah. Teague train out. Probably in Ross the Boss. Nathan Buckley. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Imagine you're Adam Saad and you go to Carlton because you think they're on the way up and you end up in a worse situation than yeah, Essendon of 2020. Yeah, well, ha, joke's on him because we're better without him now. And we yeah, have- we are. Well, I mean, yeah, we've got Nick Hind who's, for about a third of his, his contract, is, you know, putting out so much better. Mm. Oh, he was he was great yesterday, wasn't he? He was good. Mm. So what else has been going on, Nicky? How did, how did you get through lockdown? How did you get through the week off with no footy? I myself watched past games of Essendon because I'm, I'm a Essendon nuffy tragic. Yeah, look, I mean... I didn't mind a few few uh a few match highlights from the good old days. Mm. It's yeah. I didn't I didn't mind didn't mind the week off just to sort of to rest or a couple of weeks off, rest and reset. Mm. And now we've got a rest of the season to look forward to. That's right, that's right. Do you know how I enjoyed the break? By counting the amount of years that Zach Merritt signed on for. And I celebrated one day for each year. Fair enough. I, yeah, you'd probably still be celebrating then. I think it's still been under six days, hasn't it? <laughs> it has been under six days. It won't be till Wednesday. But um, I, I, that was pretty exciting news when that came through. And I think that really says a lot about the direction of our footy club and the quality of the culture that is at Bomberland right now. That not only... Because he could have walked into any team anywhere and gotten a contract and really you know, named his price and stepped up to the best 22. And it says a lot that he 
didn't even get to the end of the season. He'd seen enough and he wanted to sign on. So I think that's a really good sign for us going forward. Yeah, well, everything that's coming out of out of the club's all been about how good Truck's been. So it's yeah, it was looking a bit shaky this time twelve months ago, but it looks like a uh, an assured decision. I always believed in Truck. I uh, from day one, I've been telling everyone. Oh, definitely. You stick, definitely haven't been one of his biggest critics. You definitely stick by him. About him twenty twenty. No, no, I don't know. There's no evidence of that on the internet anywhere. Um. Just stick by him, I said. Yep, they, yeah, you definitely said that. There was never once after we lost a game where you directly said, if this is rotten ball, I don't want it. We're going to be so bad. Well, and the thing is, this is what... Um, essentially, now we know we wasted a year by keeping Worsfold on. And I think he did quite a lot of good stuff for the footy club. But, it, mm, I mean, this is the same topic going over and over again. But maybe, maybe the right decision was... To, to sack him and pay him out and then let Rutten take over. Yeah, probably right. Believe in the track. Mm. As you said, always have faith in him. Um, yeah. Having said that, we don't know that um, that Worsfold hasn't been a, a big part of, of this performance in terms well, of his mentoring I mean, of Carlton track last year. have just hired him and they've only gone further down the ladder. So, mm. Well, that's true. Yeah, I agree with that. So I guess we'll wait and see. Yeah, the evidence. Yeah, we'll wait for the evidence. Mm. So, Nikki, why don't we uh, take a really quick break, and then when we come back, we'll jump straight into the analysis of uh, Essendon v Hawthorne in the Isle of the Two-Headed Apple Farmers. So, Nikki, before the break, we were having a quick little chat about Merritt re-signing and how great that was for the football club. But let's let's get down to the meat and potatoes of the episode. Let's have a chat about the our likes, our dislikes, the Hawthorne game in general. What did you think? Oh, just to win ugly is is a good trade to have. You that's what good teams do is that they can play poorly and still still win games of footy. Mm. So that's that's um probably the biggest takeaway from it, I, w- I would think. Um, and it's true what you were saying. I don't think um, we necessarily were playing that poorly. Our skills were just off. We looked rusty. We looked like a team that had come off a week off. And um, did Hawthorne played the week before though, didn't they? Yeah, they beat Sydney up yeah. in Sydney. Yeah. So they they were actually in some decent form. Um, but we... We were still running in the same positions and, and doing the same patterns, but we just weren't completing the passes. And our kicks inside 50, you know Essendon's a bit off when their kicks inside 50 when they just bomb it in, right? Yep, definitely. And um, that was a concern of mine early because CJ Jath, um, he was just everywhere. He was just taking intercept marks and rebounding outside out of 50. But to be honest, I, I never thought we were out of control of the game because our defense was really dominant. So even there was a large patch in that um, second quarter. Well, for most of the second quarter, right, where Hawthorne just had it in their forward line, but it was never really alarming for us, I felt. Yeah. Well, they only took the lead at the end of the quarter and then we, we I think we took it back right right before half time. Uh, pretty much straight away. Um, and still going at half time with the lead, even though we, we generally had played like a half, a quarter, 
half of a quarter of football. Yeah. We we did nothing that second quarter, and that first quarter was a bit bit more of an arm wrestle, but we got the ascendancy. Well, we kicked straight. They kicked one three to our three two, so we had one more scoring shot, but you know had eleven point lead for for our trouble. So um, it it was kind of they actually early in that game kept us in it because they missed quite a few shots. Let me have a look here. So they missed. Uh, one, two, yeah, that second quarter, three, I think they scored a lot, a lot of behinds. Four, yeah, they missed four in that, um, and they were gettable shots too. They were running into open goals and like a few all set that shots, sort of stuff. I think. Yeah, um, and it, they just really, I think, ultimately up to half time, that really cost them. They should have been with the performances, they should have been three or four goals up. I think. Yeah, yeah. If it weren't for Stringer as well, yeah. We should have been going in halftime a lot, a lot further behind. Yeah, well, we'll get to Stringer in a minute, and certainly as we go into our likes and dislikes. But um, you know, it was from from a grit point of view, I was really happy with the overall performance. That we never let Hawthorne get too far ahead of us. They, I don't think they ever led by more than a goal. Um, they never let Hawthorne get too far ahead of us, and we never stopped working through the game. And finally got rewarded for effort, you know, in that last quarter when um when we managed to extend the lead to sort of two goals, a bit more than two goals. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely yeah. I think Essendon involved is when you games are going our way, the whole team seems to go to sleep. Mm. Whereas like things weren't going our way, but it's not like the floodgates opened mm. or just like people went missing. Yep. Yeah, and quite a few of our players had, by their standards, a down day and would still manage to get the win. So if we bring up the stats, uh, cue elevator music. I don't think Hooker did Hooker. I don't think Hooker touched it more than five times. Hooker, Hooker had a re. Well, I don't know that he had a poor game, right? Well, he did by he only had nine disposals, but the fact that Harrison Jones got off the lead. Um, Maybe Hooker was doing a lot of work off the ball, blocking for Jones and actually playing that team role, um, which I think, man, if Kyle Hooker deserves to be in every team of Essendon for all time, he is the ultimate team player. He will just play at either end. He'll just do his job. Um, I I will cry when Kyle Hooker retires. Real proper tears. Because I, I just love he him. He loves the I, club. He he's just Essendon personified. So you know he, what he, he locked himself inside his home because he didn't want to get traded to Gold Coast. I don't know that story. What was the story there? Because weren't we going to trade him to Gold Coast for for um Josh Caddy? He was part of the deal or something. And like then that. he's like he just locked himself inside his house. He's like, no, nah, I'm not leaving. Ah, is that what happened? That's what I thought. I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard he's like the club's like, I want you to go, and he's like, no, nah, I'm not signing anything, and just hidden his house. Just oh wow. Doors. Yeah. Um, I know he refused a trade to West Coast um, a couple of years into his career. He definitely did. And I know he was talked about as part of the Josh Caddy deal. Um, and do you know what? I don't know who we we're going to get from West Coast for him. But regardless, I'd much rather have him on our list than Josh Caddy or whoever we we're going to get from West Coast. I concur. Mm. So, But he did have a down day. But in terms of impact on the game from a scoreboard pressure kind of performance, he did have a down day. Um, you know, Parrish, by his standards, what did he end up with? 24. You, you'd say he had a down day. 
Kyle Langford only had 19. Again, I'd say he had a down day. Um, of the new boys, I thought they were all pretty... Well, no, that's not true. Let's get to Harrison Jones in a minute. But I thought Perkins and Cox were a bit quiet for the day. Um, Look, Coxie got going in that... In the last quarter, right? Last quarter in the second half of the third, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, Perkins only had seven touches, so he had a down day. He didn't, he didn't even kick the ball, Perkins. Nah. Seven handballs. But, um, I mean, there's a lot to like about his body strength and the way that he moves the ball and he, he never gets dispossessed, right? So, and and I don't think he's ever been caught holding the ball, to be honest. Um. Because he always manages to get a handball away to to a player as well. Um, so, I mean, and we're not saying that he needs more performance. He's a first-year player. You know, I'm, I'm wrapped that he's in the team. But there was quite a few players that, that played below their standard. Um, definitely Devin Smith had a poor game. He, oh, yeah. Not only did he not get around much of the ball, but... His decision-making was poor. He gave away another... Yeah, I think he gave away a 50 and a free kick downfield. And yeah. So, Devin Smith, mate, that was a, a very, very poor game by his standards. Um, but to still get the win when the majority of the team play below their best, I'm, I'm wrapped with. Yeah, look, I agree. It's, yeah, there's not much else you can... Apart from, yeah, everyone just... A few plays subpar. There's not much more you can complain about. From an Essendon point of view, I would think. Yeah, and even the coaching performance, right? So, so we might as well go with some likes and dislikes. So, my my like is that um, where Rutten was clearly out coached last time these teams met, um, Alistair Clarkson came in with a plan, tried to slow the game down and stop us from our run and gun play, and we they were well on top of us up to half time. And Rutten was able to adjust things, move some people around and actually work through that and get the team going. So that's a big like from mine is that the first year coach managed in, in this instance to get on top of Alistair Clarkson. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a pretty good like, I think. Yeah, I didn't really think about that, that yeah, he was out coached the first time he played and sort of this time Rutten gets one back. Hmm. So I was very um, pleased with that. Have you got a like, Nikki? My like, uh, just Jake Stringer. Stringer, 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 Stringer. Four goals, two. 29 disposals. I think he had two goals and 16 at half time. That was a commanding performance, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was pretty delicious. Mm. We were wondering, well, I was wondering who was going to um, take some of the workload off of Andrew McGrath. Um and I thought maybe we'd put Archie Perkins into that role. But Jake Stringer just... That was a... If his name was Dustin Martin, the newspapers would be frothing right now. Yeah, they would. Oh, Dusty, Dusty. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was a commanding performance. That was, I think, the best performance I've ever seen from Jake Stringer. And if he can play to a similar level next week, I think he gives us a really big chance of actually rolling Melbourne. All he needs is like about 23, 24 a game and a couple goals. And yeah, because Dusty, I mean, he hears about Dusty so often, but I reckon most times during the year he'll have about like 25 and a kick a few snags. Mm. And that's all you really, you don't need String to have about 30, which he did on yesterday, which is great. But um, you just need him to, yeah, about 20, 23, 24 touches and a couple goals a game. And he's well on his way to reaching Dusty. I think what sets these players apart, though, is Dusty in particular, is when the game needs it, he's able to 
get it will Richmond yeah. back into the game. And I don't think I don't think there's anyone on our list that can do that like Jake Stringer can do that. Can turn and we saw it in in the end of the second half, the end of the first half. Hawthorne kicked three in a row, got all the momentum, get in front. And Jake Stringer grabs it out of the pack, one hand, and just slams it on the boot for a goal. That's the kind of thing that you need. Premiership teams have one or two of those players that can just pick up the team for a moment and carry them with them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think, we speak about one or two, I think Archie Perkins, just give him time. Nick Cox could probably be those players that could just turn things when we need them to. I think particularly Cox, I mean... Perkins is, to me, looks like he's going to just be a top-level, really good midfielder. But I think Cox is going to have that X factor where he can do some amazing things. He's got the pace. He's got the height. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I, I think with Perkins, like, I think Perkins has got a bit of a bit of degoey, even a bit of dust, just because of how strong he is as a nineteen-year-old. Give him a few years once he's in the system. He, like, I could see him as, like as explosive and as powerful as you know Degoe or a Dusty. Um, but just yeah, the way he always gets his arms free, the way he, he can sidestep as well. Like I think yeah, I don't. Mm. I think Perkins won't be a full time midfielder. I think he'll be that that start on start in the center square and then push forward. Yep. Well, I think I think that's part of the reason that Stringer's having the year that he's having is because they've worked out his role. Start him in the middle. Have him around the ball sometimes, but then push him forward um, and let him get into that, you know, play in that half-forward flank role, extra midfielder role. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And there was one play when um, you can tell when, when the team's starting to gel because they trust each other. And Stringer was at the front of the stoppage just from a center break and it didn't go to him. And instead of trying to go back in and win the ball, he saw Parrish and Merritt there and he thought, well, they're going to win the ball. So I'm going to push forward. And then he was in the open. And I don't know if he kicked a goal from that point or set up one, but it was, he it just up, showed. He set up to, uh, Walla. Walla, that's right. It just, it just shows his trust in his teammates and belief in his teammates. So I thought um, that shows that the team's starting to build some chemistry and, to be honest, I don't think Dylan Shield is that far away, and I, I'm excited to add him back into the mix with with the growth of Parish and the connection between Parish and Merritt. Um, I think we might see some pretty incredible performances from the midfield group by adding some more quality in. Yeah, I yeah I hope yeah we, we play him on a wing or something so that way next year when everyone's fully fit. He'll sort of be used to that role on the wing because I think you can't move Parrish to the forward half now, and I think Parrish McGrath, uh, Zeret, are probably starting on ball brigade. I see Shield switching with um, with McGrath, so they're they're sort of the rotation. They're similar type, explosive, get away from the pack players, um, and I don't think you can ever have too many midfield rotations. But you're right, we we can't. I don't think you want Parrish resting forward ever, ever again. Like, he's just shown how damaging he is as a midfielder. It's a clearance machine. Mm. Mm. So I've got a big like. Yep, another like, yep. Harrison Ford, Indiana Jones. <laughs> and, his, and his big clunks, his five contested marks. Jeez, he had a good game, didn't he? 
Yeah, he did. Um, he speaking of the big marks, he's the second fastest player in AFL history to notch up two games with five plus contested marks. It was it was a cracking. I mean, he faded in and out of it, but he just he was exactly the key forward that we needed when we were trying to get the ball out of our defence, kick it down the wing, and he would just clunk him. Now, admittedly, this was probably the funniest moment of the game when he missed that easy shot and the look on his face afterwards. That was a that was a very big like of mine. Um, but he'll have games where he'll miss one or two. His overall, his accuracy, I've been really pleased with. So, I think had he kicked another goal, he'd be close to you know our top two or three players. Um, but really pleased with the performance and, and second Rising Star nomination in as many rounds for the Bombers. Yeah, first pencil now uh, uh, Jones and hopefully Perkins soon. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, we I think we can re- be really pleased with his development and like I said, I've, I've said all along, you know, if we get a, a Josh Kennedy equivalent out of him, I'll be wrapped. But I think he might be a little bit more athletic than, than Josh Kennedy, so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. We'll revisit it in a few years. Mm. What do you think of the uh, the return of the big Sammy Drapes? Imposing, intimidating. He was good. He was very good. He was yeah. really good. I I thought um I thought Phillips was really stiff being dropped for Draper. And I understand the reasons. Phillips would understand that Draper is who's going to be our number one ruck for the next 10 years. So he's just going to get games in front of of him. Um, But really, I felt this game from Draper gave us more than the last couple from Phillips, to be honest. Mm. And Phillips hasn't been poor. Phillips has been really quite serviceable, but this was a commanding effort from Sam Draper. Draper's just more more intimidating, more just... He's just got mongrel. Mm. Mongrel in him, I think. And his hands were really good yesterday. Yeah. Just getting into the right spots, sitting behind the ball, taking grabs. I I really, really liked his performance. They're, they're a safe pair of hands. It's just it's just when those hands make their way to drop the ball onto his boot. Oh, it's so ugly. Although he didn't have any real shanks Not like yesterday. One. So it was actually, yeah. They, they all went in the right direction. They weren't yeah. probably weren't super accurate, but it was, it was all right. It was good. He absolutely looks like a goalkeeper when he kicks it, doesn't he? Just a two-handed, just just two-handed drop and slam it on the boot. It just really doesn't look right. <laughs> no, no, he really needs to work on that. But I was, I was really pleased with his performance. It'd be interesting to see how he pulls up and whether he plays against Melbourne, and how he goes against Melbourne. Because it's normally the second week back that is a bit tougher. They say. Um, I never noticed that. All, all my weeks were always good, but um, uh, just an ultra consistent performer, were you? That's right. That's right. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, even if yeah, I mean he's going up against Gone, so he'll learn a fair bit. But um, I don't know. Like I feel like he could body Gone. Gone probably just has him beat. Probably you'd think around the ground. Yeah, Gone's Gone's a smarter, better footballer, right? At this yeah. stage of their careers. But I think I think Draper's probably more athletic than Gone. I think he can probably jump over him, and I think he can match him for strength. So yeah. Um, but but Gorn will just be smarter. He'll just be more experienced. He'll get to the right spots. But it's a good challenge, isn't it, for Sammy Draper? Yeah, it is. He'll yeah, as I said, he'll learn a lot. He'll yeah, he'll be better for it. Mm. Mm. Be nice if we could have Nick Bryan and Draper in the game, just learning off him. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that would cost us Peter Wright in the team, which on his performance yeah. yesterday wouldn't 
necessarily be a bad thing. Like, he only had five disposals and no goals. How many marks did he get? Uh, let's keep well, going. You'd be pretty yeah. happy about that. No Peter Wright. Only three marks. You know what? I have to give credit where credit's due. He's been serviceable in a lot of his games, right? Um, since probably Anzac Day, he's been quite decent. But um, you'd have to... You'd have to replace Peter Wright with with a Nick Bryan. And I don't think at this stage of their careers you get as much in the forward line from Nick Bryan as you get from Peter Wright. Um, so we'll, we'll wait and see. Uh, any other likes, Nicky? Um, I mean, we don't wear poo and wee colours, so that's pretty good. That is a very big like, that, that red and black. If your poo and wee is red and black, you're in big trouble, mate. Just take it from me. From a medical professional, if you have poo and wee that's red and black, go and see a doctor. Yeah, yeah, great medical advice, I'd say. Mm. Can't refute it. I was really pleased with, once again, Nick Hind. Pickup of the year. How, um, how quick is he? Did you see his absolute burning of Chad Wingard? Yeah, yeah, look. <laughs> it looks like you've just when he was running it looked like you've, you've sped up like the tape for him and you just like Wingard was slowed down it was cooked because I don't think Wingard's a slow player I don't think he's necessarily a quick player but he's not slow I, right? I don't think he's ex- as explosive as he used to be definitely not but having said that he had a three meter head start on Nick Hind and in the space of 15 meters Nick Hind not only received the ball got to him and absolutely torched him. Like, I don't think people who don't have an athletics background in terms of sprinting understand how much faster you have to be going than the other person to give them a head start and in that space of 15 metres be able to torch them. He must have been going at double his speed. Like, he was going incredibly fast. Well, he he hit 10 metres a second a few weeks ago. Which is Usain Bolt territory, right? Like, that's... Especially That's, on grass as well. Not even yeah, and in the middle of a game when you're not fresh, you're under fatigue, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I mean, we're not saying he's as fast as Usain Bolt, right? But uh, yeah, I doubt he is. But yeah, but for a top speed, that's that's incredibly quick, um, and and just another great, consistent, balanced performance from Nick Hind. Just yeah, pick up of the year. Just I got a lot of Carlton mates, so every week I tell them, Adam Saad, just. The Wish.com version of Nick Hind. They definitely, they definitely cannot. They're not even the same stratosphere anymore. Nick Hind has gone so far past Saad this year. It's not even funny. Yep. Yeah. Has Saad done anything? I actually can't think I've seen a Saad. I don't think I've seen a Saad highlight all year. Mm. I yeah. I couldn't tell you. I and look, I was sad that Saad left, but. Now, I'm in love with Nick Hind. Better, faster, bleeds red and black. Yeah. And, you know, another big like of mine, um, Jordan Ridley had probably, I would say he's probably his best performance of the year. And he hasn't been bad, but he felt like 2020 Jordan Ridley on the weekend. He's, and, and maybe that's... Um, by virtue of the system, right? That he he hasn't had to be the guy that's always saving Essendon's bacon. 
But there was a couple of moments when he just had the composure when he wasn't in possession of the ball to like, there was one where he tapped it to the boundary, ended up not conceding the boundary throw and getting the ball and handballing it away. And then there was another one where he could have rushed the behind, stops it, and then has the composure to take possession and actually create something going forward. So, gee, Jordan Ridley for a, what is he, 22 or 23 this year? 23 this year. That backline that we have assembled is going to be something to be feared over the it, next yeah, three or four good. years. Going to add Zach Reed in there still. Mm. Um, just on just on Ridley, I think this is the first game, Essendon game I've watched with you where you haven't cracked out the uh, the Jordan Ridley, riddle me this line <laughs> every time he gets the ball. I was just in awe. <laughs> well, he was, he was magnificent. It was just, yeah, I, I don't blame you for being in awe. He was he was very very good. Have you got a dislike for me, Nikki? The umpiring. It was pretty poor. I I don't like to blame umpires. Like I, you, but like that was pretty that was pretty bad. I the umpiring was terrible, but I have to say it was terrible both ways. Yesterday, we got some absolute stinkers awarded to us, and they had some absolute stinkers awarded to them. I think they probably got the balance of the stinkers. But the just the standard in general was pretty poor. I agree. So one of my dislikes, and it pains me to say this, was Zerk Thatcher. I felt like he's a player playing without confidence and trying desperately to keep his spot in the team rather than do his role for the team. And that's by virtue of the fact that he's obviously the seventh defender, right? This year, they've just decided that he's the seventh defender, that he only comes in when someone's out for whatever reason. And I want him to be given an extended run at it and the faith that they've put in Jaden Laverde, right? And said, and I think if he gets that confidence, then he'll be just as good as the rest of them. Um, but I, I can also see the deficiencies of what they want him to work on. He yeah. he gets in the way of the other defenders, or he did on a couple of occasions yesterday, and he doesn't create as much with his possessions as the other guys do. So I can see what the deficiencies are, and I can see why they've got him on the cusp of the team. Um, but having said that, he hasn't had the opportunity in the last few weeks to play VFL and work on those deficiencies and get some confidence like that either. Yeah, I mean he, you can't. Yeah, there are only so many tools you can play as well, mm. and that's probably hurts him the most. Is you can't have Franger, Laverty, Ridley, and Zerk Thatcher, and Stewart. Yeah, oh shit, shit, and Stewart. Yeah, well, yeah, I completely forgot about Stewart. Yeah, it's kind of Stewart, Stewart, Lav, and I guess Ridley would play tall. And if Frang is in, Ridley or Franger probably play small. Mm. And you can't you can't fit Zerk Thatcher in there because I don't. He can't, he's not quick enough to play small. Yeah, I feel like Zerk Thatcher replaces James Stewart in that back six when Stewart finishes up, retires, whatever. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's that the archetype of whatever that player is, whatever they've called that, Ben Rutten. You know, the big gorilla, the, you know, whatever. Um, but right now, James Stewart is just um, perhaps just a bit bigger and a bit stronger and a bit more composed with he's, the football. He's better with the ball, Stewart. Yeah. Stewart's actually not that bad of a kick of a footy. No, know. he he had a really good game yesterday. And um, yeah, I think he's a really good user of the football. 
Um, but the problem's never been his talent. Um, he just spent two years injured. Yep, pretty much. I'd be interested to see him back in the forward line now that he's got some confidence in his body. Um, but who would he swap? Who would you take out? Yeah, that's a good point. Jones, good point. Wright, or Hooker? Probably Wright, to be honest. But I would think Wright gives us more in the ruck. Wright definitely gives us more in the ruck. Yeah, yeah. But we're talking the forward line. Yeah, but I mean, like, because you'd have to be like a lifeline. So if you take out Peter Wright, then Stewart has to be able to play the same role as Peter Wright. Mm. Ruck slash forward or forward slash ruck. Mm. And he has done that, but Peter Wright definitely gives us more in the ruck for sure. Mm. Any dislikes? Any other dislikes? Uh, not on the top of my... Like, yeah, it's just a slow start. Bit Took a bit wider, but like, yeah. Like, just to get the win playing poorly is... Yeah, that's good enough in my books. You want to know my big dislike? The Go. sub. Ah, yes. Tommy Cutler. Your favourite player. It is a double disaster when Tom Cutler is a sub. Because not only do you see him come onto the field... But he's also the herald of disaster because it means someone's gotten injured. So I'd much rather he either be in the team or not be in the team. As the medical sub, it's it's a lose lose. Yeah, you just you just can't trust him. You just yep, yeah, just dodgy. <laughs> it's a very very dodgy. Look, and again, he hasn't had much opportunity this year to play. Maybe in our current system with our current structures and the performances around him, maybe he's a better player. We just haven't seen it. But there's a reason why he's been the sub consistently and hasn't been in the 22. Yeah, well, he's just not 22 quality, is he? Yeah, yeah. similar also, to Zerk, right? Like 190, booming kick. You could probably get away with playing him anywhere, but like from forward flank to half back flank, so along the wing as well. Like you could, mm. he, He's quite versatile. Well, I think... Nick Cox is just better than him as a wingman. Um, and then we're playing one skinny winger, one wide winger. And then they're happy with um, with Ham as the other sort of outside pacey player. So he just doesn't get a role. Fair enough. Hmm. You got another dislike? Because I've got one. Oh, another dislike. I, well, you just spoke of Ham. I wasn't too impressed with Ham's game. Uh, let's have a look at him. I thought he was... just thought every time he got the ball, he turned the ball over a fair bit. 12 disposals, 6 and 6, 2 marks, 1 tackle. Two clearances, though. Um, Three clangers. I Four effective got... disposals. So 33% disposal efficiency. So yeah, Nah, it's not it, good enough. Yeah. My eyes didn't deceive me. Yeah, it just seemed like he turned the ball over whenever he he got it. Mm. And look, he's a young player. We give him a bit of latitude, but um, needs to clean that up. If he wants to get to where we expect him to, and his teammate and draft mate, Sam Walsh, I mean, Sam Walsh is number one pick, but he's performing at an elite level. I expect Braden Ham to be, at this stage of his career, playing at a consistent Best 22 level. Not yeah. top five level, but best 22 level, just, right? Yeah, just, yeah. 70% uh, disposal efficiency everywhere. Like, yeah. It's probably yeah. one of the easiest things to clean up is, like, you can, obviously it's hard to get a kick at, in the AFL, but, 
like hitting targets, like it's very easy to easy thing to clean up and probably one of the easiest things because once you've got the ball, it's one of the easiest things to make sure of is you, you hit your target. That's right. That's right. I thought Langford had a really good game. Um, he, I'm reading his stats now and he only had 19, but he seemed to impose himself on the contest. He kicked some some good goals. He he got into the right spots, took some crucial marks. I was really happy with Langford's game. I, I think he had a game that really his stats don't re- uh, reflect. I think Langford's been, the past season and a half has just been uber consistent. Yeah, it's just been Mr. Consistency, hasn't he? Yeah, I can't. I don't think I've seen him play a bad game since probably 2019. I don't even. Yeah, he probably had a few bad ones in 2019. But um, I agree with you. Really, really consistent. Great performances. Really happy with how he's been going. Zach Merritt just did Zach Merritt things right. Just got yeah, possessions and another set up play and doing all that. I think he was getting tagged as well. I think he had shields. Ah, okay. With him all day. Because Shields, I don't think Shields registered a touch until about majority of the way through the second quarter. Mm, so he must have been doing the hard tag. And even Parrish, who had a quiet game by his standards, the quality of his possessions was still quite good. Like Parrish he, got us, like he, I think he was half time, 10 touches. I think he had 11 in the third quarter. Mm. We had, you know, that one quarter where he stood out and went, oh, all right, it's time to pull my socks up and get stuck in. Hmm. But yeah, I was I was really happy with his performance. Heppel was good. Um, really pleased with with his performance. I thought um, again we lacked a little bit of forward pressure, and um, I think they brought Ned Carl in for that particular role. They played him forward, but we're we're definitely missing Snelling. Um, oh yeah, definitely that that extra f- quick pressuring he tackling just machine. He covers so well. Yeah. So, look, I hope they leave Carl in because he um, he will become... He has the talent to be a better player than Snelling, definitely. Um, more than a role player. He, he has the talent to become a really handy small forward. Um, and certainly he was very highly rated in his draft year as the best small forward in his draft year. So, I... I hope he starts to find some form. I mean, he's had one game this year, or a couple games this year, and he was playing as a defender earlier this year. So, um, let's hope he continues to improve. But I, I want to see a little bit more it's out only of him. Like his fourth, fifth game. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not concerned for it, but I'm, I'm eager for it. I'm impatient. You just want him to get good now. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But um, yeah. Overall, look, I thought the performance was really good. I thought the coaching performance was really good. It's hard to get a read on on this win because I think Hawthorne are quite shit, um, and I also think that um, Clarko's probably tanking a little bit. Oh, I don't know. They, like they knocked off Sydney by about forty points last week. Like I think they're shit, but I think they're still they're still playing well. Mm. Um, like they played well yesterday. They're just yeah shit. <laughs> they're. Their older players have, have dropped off the perch, right? Haven't they? Like Segler, McAvoy, Bruce. They're not they're not the team that they were when they won the three peats, right? They I think they've got talent on their list, but the ones that are still holding that twenty two together, I think they won't really get anywhere until those guys who have been part of a great dynasty move on. Shields, Bruce, etc. Yeah, yeah. 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 They're just kind of treading water, I think. Yeah. Well, they yeah they haven't gone to the draft. They kept loading up, and 
you compare it with what Geelong did, like they go and get Dangerfield, like they go and get really good players. Hawthorne, I'm trying to think, the biggest player they brought in was probably O'Meara. Mm. And he was coming back from his patella, I think. Yep. So the question marks over whether he was going to reach his potential. He hasn't reached his yep. potential. Tom Mitchell was just um, an accumulator. Like he wasn't like a, a danger field, a bona fide star when he walked across. So, you mm. know, that recruiting strategy probably hasn't worked out mm. for them because they just haven't gotten those true A graders, true like elite midfielders. You go, yeah, they can they that tear games apart. Yeah, and they and they added Scully and Patton, and that obviously hasn't worked out. Yeah, both retired now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think they need to hit the draft early picks and hit it hard again. Mm. But this is not a Hawthorne podcast. This is an this Essendon, is an podcast. Essendon podcast. podcast. We don't like talking about Poo and Wee here. No, Poo and Wee is not the way to go. I was pretty happy with our accuracy as well. Thirteen eight. That's a that's not a bad scoreline from, you know. Uh, what's that? Twenty-one shots. I think as well. I think it was, I think it was twenty-two. Did, did um, did uh, what's his name? Jones. Harry Jones. Does his kick go through the one where he inside out helicopter? Yeah, it went. It got rushed through. Rushed through. Okay. Yeah, and then Hooker kicking into the man on the mark. Yeah. Then yep. Forgot about that. Oh man, there was a, quite a few, quite a few howlers. But I wonder how much of that is actually it being in Launceston and a bit of a swirly breeze or I don't know. That, Kicking into the, the man the weather... is definitely not the breeze. Was that? Kicking into the man is definitely not the breeze. Uh, definitely, it could be. It could <laughs> no, be. It could. Yeah, it could be. Don't, you know, if the wind's coming in two different directions, you, you go Wait, the ball the drop. The ball creates uplift, upwind, and then the ball... Yeah, goes, yeah, and it oh, spins, yeah, yeah. and then, yeah, you hit it not in the right spot. And maybe Hooker was just trying to concuss... You know, whoever was on the mark. I think it was Frost. Yeah. It probably suited him down there, old Frosty. Yeah. Well, yeah. I can't imagine it was warm down in Launceston. No, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, in general, I thought, um, given the poorness of a lot of our performances, really, Jake Stringer and, and our a couple of others got us over the line. Um, but, you know, I'll take it. I'll take a win over a lowly Hawthorne. Same here. It's always good to be the Hawks. That's right. That's right. So why don't we take a, a quick break, and then when we come back, we can have a chat about the uh, upcoming game against the Demons. Before the break, we were having a chat about the great win against the Hawks, and there are none bigger tests this year than the team we've got coming up, Nikki, and that is the Melbourne Demons. How do you feel? Feeling good. Look, we can just get another performance like that against Richmond, obviously without the fade out, where we can really test them, then I think that's a win. Mm. Um, and if we get the win, obviously, then that's... Well, that is also a win, but yeah. 
Yes, that is also a win. A four-quarter performance. I mean, it's happened all year. Like, that's what's been so good about this year is we've consistently, like, it's been a four-quarter effort. Yeah, we haven't won every quarter, but we haven't been, like, gone to sleep. We've just been smacked in a quarter. Mm. Well, very rarely it's happened. It's only happened twice, right? Um, and that was Port Adelaide and Brisbane. And, and even I guess, Brisbane. I guess you could count the Richmond fourth quarter as well. Yeah, I think that it, there was mitigating circumstances with that one. I think we, we'd run out of gas. I think, yeah, probably, um, yeah, fatigue more than, like, mental... Yeah, concentration. The injuries, yeah. I, I, so, um, look, Melbourne lost the last time they played, which was against Collingwood on uh, Queen's birthday weekend. And mm. something that was really interesting from their game was that they didn't bomb the ball inside 50. They, because, yeah, they set up really well behind the ball, Melbourne. Yeah, and I think... That is the key to beating them on the weekend is not giving them an opportunity to intercept Mark and go the length of the ground with their with their play. Well, the good thing about the G is there's so much space, so it's so easy to hit up a sh- you know those sh- your flank is leading up at you. It's so easy to hit up the short, mm. um, just because Melbourne will, they'll play the they'll deploy a zone and it's just so difficult to just cover as much space per player. Yep. Um, so it'd be interesting to see if we lower our eyes or if we rather go long, hooker makes a contest, three on one, and then we let our smalls go to work. Yeah, I think, um, to be honest, I think we match up not bad against them. I think if you look at their midfield of, what's their starting midfield? Let's go Petrarca, Petrarca Oliver, Oliver, Harms. They've got Brayshaw and Langdon on the wings. If Vani's um, in, he'll play. But I think he's in the moment. Um, and you look at our midfield, Parrish and Oliver, quite even. Uh, Stringer, Petrarca, very good matchup, a bit like Stringer Dusty. Um, Merritt, you know, he matches up well in that midfield as well. So I, I'm, I don't think they actually destroy our midfield like they have some other teams. I think, yeah, I think they've probably got the size and just. With Gorn as well, probably. I expect them to flog us in the contested. Mm. I think we're better on the outside because mm. they have a lot of inside midfielders. Yeah, if we, I think they're, I think their backline player for player is probably better than our forward line, and they set up really well behind the ball. Um, I don't fear their forward line though. I think mm. our backline probably out muscles their back their forward line if that makes sense. Yeah, I think the matchup's probably Fritch cuz he's the one that's such an awkward size for a defender. Mm. Cuz Wiedemann, Jackson and McDonald take the three talls. Mm. So and but Fritch is like 190 but moves like a small forward. I think I think Laverty, right? But Lav's been playing, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lav, maybe Ridley. Yeah, level Ridley. Lab, I, I think so explosive. You play him on. You can. You can. He can give off ten centimeters and still do well. Yeah, I think. I think the matchup for me is is probably um, Stewart to McDonald. Yeah. Uh, and then Wiedemann will probably, if Francis comes back in, it'll probably be Francis or Laverde there. Um, who's their other tall? Jackson. Jackson. Jackson is probably. Ooh. Zerk, if he's in, um, Ridley, potentially. Um, and then either Ridley or Laverty go to Bailey Fritch. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got 
um, Nick Hind, Cosy, and um, we've got Heppel to play on. You know some of the others, Heppel and Redmond. You could play Redmond, Redmond on fridge. Yeah, as you say, Redmond could go to him. Yeah, I think Red- Redmond's got the um, the ability to, to shut him down, but also hurt him the other way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm not as afraid of their excuse me of their forward line as um, I think the matchup for their back line is is much better for them. Yep. Um, I mean Stephen May Hooker will give a contest to Stephen May, but Jake Lever. I think we need to almost play a defensive forward on Jake Lever. Yeah, well, you just go Harry Jones, just play up his ass all day. Just don't let him get a run and jump at it. Mm, mm. Um, so I think it's probably potentially going to be a lot closer than, than we might expect. Like considering we're 10th and they're first, you'd normally look at that game and go, nah, we're going to get smashed. But I, I think we match up relatively well on them. And the loss against uh, against Collingwood gives us hope because Collingwood are poo. Yeah, but Collingwood won. Collingwood had something to play for, mm. and I reckon Melbourne probably thought all oh, their shit. So I wouldn't be surprised if Melbourne come out going, "I oh, two weeks ago was a mistake. Let's let's show everyone why we're top of the ladder." Mm. No, I expect that, but also I don't expect that um, any football team needs a G up, like a professional football team. Like, I think they're all going to be hitting each game really hard, but I think Collingwood just, once the momentum started going with, with Buckley getting the sack, I think that um, really gave them momentum to get it done, something to play for, definitely. Mm, yeah. But I still think Melbourne potentially are a bit mentally soft. You know, that that's a pretty, that's a pretty poor game for them to drop. You know, yeah. um, it's it's traditionally been their big blockbuster game and Collingwood have dominated it for years and years and years. And to lose it when Melbourne are the best team in the league this year and Collingwood are rubbish, so bad that the coach gets sacked, um, says a bit about their mentality and how mentally resilient they are. So you reckon they're still front runners then? They could be. They could be. Because they haven't been challenged this year if that makes sense. Like, they haven't gone through a poor patch of form. That When you're playing well and in good form, it's easy, it's good to keep and keep Things that momentum going. going. Well, yeah. But if, I, I don't know that they've had the chips down this year just yet. They've had a good run with injury. They've Yeah. Um, that's not to say that they, they don't deserve to be on top because they definitely do. Um, but maybe they're not as good and we're not as bad as the two positions on the ladder suggest. Well, definitely our percentage probably shows that we're actually not that bad. We've got the healthiest mm. percentage of the bottom 10. Yep. Um, and I, don't, I think it's definitely the worst in the eight, but like it's definitely, yeah. If we had, had we beaten Richmond, we'd, yeah, we'd be above Richmond. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, Absolutely. we're not doing too badly. And had we won two of the three games that we lost by less than a goal, um, we'd certainly be inside the eight and, you know, fifth or sixth. So I don't think the golf is as, as great. Um, with the potential that Dylan Shield comes back this week. That's also a big, that's a big game changer. Yeah, I don't know that he necessarily does come back, but he's he's listed a short term and that was before the bye. So if not this week, he'll definitely be in within three weeks. Yeah, he'll be, yeah, he'll be in soon. Um, which is exciting. But I think this is a really interesting test for us because we've got Melbourne and then Geelong. 
And if we can win one of those two, then I think we can almost call the season a success. Yeah. Well, how many wins are we on now? Six, six wins? Seven wins. Six and seven we are. If we can get around about 11 wins for the year, I'd be pretty happy with that. Break mm. even. Yeah, and knocking off, knocking off a top four team would be great. Like Melbourne, Bulldogs, Geelong, one of them, I think, just caps it off, right? I think... Oh, if Shield comes back for Geelong and we still have McGrath, I think we could probably beat Geelong just purely based on league speed. Yep, agreed. Um, but yeah, don't know now. Yeah, it's it's a struggle. Um, I mean, I expect Shield to come back ready to play. I don't... Um, I, I, just from his professionalism and the fact that he's gotten back so quickly, I expect him to be able to come back in and, and perform straight away. So that, that might be a big boost this week. But So we've got Melbourne at the G. Then we're playing Geelong at GMHBA, which is bizarre. Seebs. And so that, that makes it really... Although we nearly beat them in pre-season at GMHBA. And then it, then we've got quite a few winnables. Then we've got Adelaide, North, the Giants, and Sydney with the next tough one, really tough one, the Bulldogs. And both then Sydney Gold Coast. games are here in Melbourne, aren't they? They are. They're both at Marvel. So we can win assuming those. we don't get another lockdown. Um, so what have we got? We've got G, Geelong, Marvel, 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 Metricon, MCG. So we've got so we five in leave, a row at Marvel. We don't leave Victoria. We only leave Victoria once for the rest of the year. That's good. Yeah. Well, we should have... Really, the Hawthorne game should have been in Victoria and so should the Richmond one. So we've played two extra interstate games on top of the five we played before. I think we've played more point. interstate games than any other Victorian team. Yeah, we absolutely have. But, I mean, the lockdown, there's not much you can do about the lockdown. But still... But even without the lockdown, I mean, what, round two we travelled, round four we travelled? We travelled round two, round four, round five, round seven... Round 10. And we stayed so, over there for... And then we stayed for Richmond um, and went to Tassie for Hawthorne. Mm. So where do we win this game? Where do we win? It's all about how we bring the ball inside 50. Mm, I agree. I agree. Forward 50 entries. I think we'll get enough ball around the centre of the ground and I think our defence will be solid enough to keep them within touching distance, but it's definitely about how we enter the forward line and how efficient we are with that. We've been relatively efficient, but it's all about how we get the ball inside forward 50. Yeah. yeah. If, if we can hit our targets, then I think we'll go Even a long if you way like, you put it inside 50, like it's just a chaos ball. So Lever mm. can't just mark it. So yeah, literally just along the ground, put it at his feet. Just one of those dribblers that could go anywhere. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's yeah. As long as the four quarter p- performance, happy. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'd love to win one of these next two, but um, yeah, I think if we enter forward fifty well and and have a four quarter performance, I'll be pretty content. Mm. Well, Nikki. Thanks for joining me after the great win against the Hawks. Great to be here with you, Dr. Nick. And we'll uh, we'll reconvene. Hopefully we get to go on Saturday night. I haven't heard anything yet, but hopefully we get to go. That would be good. I've missed footy. 
Mm, me too. I missed a pie at the footy. <laughs> yep, you um, eat pies at the footy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, we'll, as always, follow us on Instagrams, on whatever else we're on. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Music. I don't know how. Apple, Apple Podcasts. Yep. Google Podcasts, Podbean, all those things. Um, and until next time, go Dons. <laughs>